This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda Senior Market Analyst across the world. Let's join Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. Hi, Johnny. Happy Friday. It's been a turbulent week of trading, hasn't it? Fascinating seeing what's going on. The latest is a move by Wall Street lenders to support First Republic Bank, which seems to have given a boost to stock markets. It did provide some temporary relief. There was this plan led by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and JP Morgan, $30 billion infused by 11 of the largest U.S. banks. It shows you that the banks are standing together. It looks like they see a big problem here. They're trying to address it. And this is an extraordinary effort. And I think that there is tremendous fear that financial contagion is a major risk and that the financial system could become unstable if the banks don't show a clear message here. And I think, you know, Janet Yellen did a very good job over the weekend where they basically assured that deposits are going to be safe. If you're over the 250,000 FDIC threshold, you don't have to worry. You don't have to move your money around. And, you know, when you take a look at what happened after that, yes, there was some calm there. But uh, this uh, rescue package, you know, right now this morning, we're starting to see First Republic shares, they're resuming, resuming their decline. And I think there's a lot of fears that there's a lot of problems that remain for the banking sector. And, and I think that you're not going to be able to deliver a rescue package for every bank, it seems. And I think that this is a market that is looking for, okay, well, what's the next domino to fall? And, and right now, I think that, you know, this is a temporary solution for First Republic. I think the investors are skeptical that the soundness of this bank is going to remain. And I think there's a structural problem here with the banks. I think you have to understand that a lot of their profitability models were based off of zero interest rates, inflation being a non-factor. You had tremendous easy liquidity And I think, you know, now this intense tightening cycle that is complicating everything. You have deposit flights because now banks' deposits can't compete with money market rates. And the biggest issue is that these banks were long duration and you're having trouble converting out of those investments. So uh, strains are going to remain across several banks. And uh, I think this is going to be a key focal point. And it's hard to completely feel confident that, you know, this banking turmoil is going to go away anytime soon. Central bank policymakers, Ed, seem to be doing a fairly good job at the moment with these rescue packages. We've already seen this with First Republic, Credit Suisse in Europe, Silicon Valley over at the weekend. Do you think lessons have been learned from the GFC in 2008? Is that why we're in a slightly more optimistic situation than we might have been? I think so. I think there's a definite understanding that financial contagion is a serious risk and that if it's not dealt with quickly, you know, markets can lose confidence fairly fast. And, and right now, this is a market, there's a lot of vulnerabilities right now here in the financial sector. And you're not going to see, I think, a, a lot of confidence until you have a clearer path for these banks and their outlooks. And, and right now, when you take a look at the yield curve, that's terrible for their margins. When you take a look at, you know, how is Wall Street going about attacking these banks? They're just looking, it's a simple list. They look at the highest rate of uninsured deposits among U.S. banks, and they're going down that list as far as targeting which banks to go after. We're going to see lots of downgrades. We're going to see more fears for the financial sector. And, and a lot of this is because of how their uh, you know models were handling managing risk, and some of this is going to get worse because of we're finally feeling the impact of restrictive territory from this Fed tightening cycle. That's why you're seeing uh, I think a lot of traders there when you take a look at how widely these 
rate hike expectations are shifting, you know, we're now going to uh, see that, you know, a lot of traders are starting to fully price in a rate cut at the July meeting. So wild times. And uh, this, unfortunately, is making banks, they're not looking too attractive right now. And Ed, we've had the latest monthly survey from the University of Michigan, which suggests that consumers turned negative in March, even as their expectations for inflation improved. Very much so. And I think the survey was done just a couple of days ago. So this is, you know, an early March reading. And I think for a lot of traders, this is one that they closely watch. And it really shows you that the consumer is unsure of the outlook. Confidence is weakening. You saw a bigger declines with sentiment, current conditions and, and forecasts. What really caught my attention was inflation expectations. That fell from 4.1% to 3.8. It seems that there's strong confidence here that we have weaker sentiment, we have a weaker consumer, we have probably demand destruction that's happening, and that should help drive down inflation expectations. So that would be a welcome sign for uh, by the Fed that inflation is expected to continue to come down. But it's still, you know, for a lot of people, it, it still supports the argument that, you know, we, we still need to see monetary policy remain restrictive. And if you're pricing and rate cuts in July, that could complicate the inflation fight. All eyes, of course, on the Fed. But earlier in the week here in Europe, we saw perhaps a surprise decision from the European Central Bank to raise rates by 50 basis points. Did that surprise you? And what does it mean for the Fed? I think what surprised me was that when we found out that policymakers were deciding either to hold or go with the half point rate increase, you know, no quarter point was debated. And obviously, the, the recent bank turmoil, the, the decision came after the S&B stepped in and gave a lifeline to Credit Suisse. So uh, if the timing of that was different, um, I'm pretty confident that we would have seen a hold. Um, I, I think what's important to understand is that they did not offer guidance on future moves. And, uh, you know, for the most part, everyone is now slashing their, you know, peak rate for the ECB, um, some anticipating just a quarter point hike, and then they're done. Uh, I think there's big expectations here that they're not waning on the inflation fight, but I think everyone wants to see exactly how the financial system uh, holds up over you know these next several weeks so that will obviously dictate what happens with policy but no i think ecb when you take a look at what happened to the euro um, we're you know we're at 106 and uh, i think you know a lot of traders are basically saying we're going from a a king dollar trade to you know, now it's time to bet on the rebound with the high beta currencies and now the outlook is it's not too optimistic here and over there and, and i think there's uh, expectations here that um, you know the, the favorite currency trade right now is becoming the japanese yen and for the most part uh, yen dominance uh, seems to be how a lot of fx traders are positioning themselves what i found really interesting during this uh, banking turmoil over the last few days ed was how well crypto had been doing, particularly Bitcoin and also Ethereum. That was really quite fascinating, wasn't it? It's been quite the week for crypto, given all the bank turmoil, given uh, the significant waves of risk aversion that we saw. A lot of people, if you were to, to ask, you know, what would Bitcoin do? Probably the majority would say that this would be an environment that is just rather troubling for crypto, and you probably would anticipate some downward pressure. But uh, in fact, it's been a, a rather robust week. You know, Bitcoin steadily rallied from 21,000 to almost as high as 27,000. And this is mainly because uh, I think there's uh, growing bets that banks are going to have a lot more regulation. Credit standards are getting a lot tighter. And uh, the use case argument for Bitcoin and DeFi has, has really taken a, a, a different turn here. 
it appears that crypto regulation is starting to not trigger that same steady negative uh, downflows with how we've we've seen crypto behave over the past several months. But um, right now, it seems that regulators are showing signs that they're um, willing to work with some of these key crypto companies and banks. Um, I, I think there was a an important rebuttal by the FDIC that denied suggestions that they were against a uh, bank, you know, buying Signature Bank, who was one of the key crypto banks in the U.S., which well, I think a lot of traders are um, rather relieved that, you know, you're, you're seeing regulators be open to salvage a key crypto bank. And I think this is a very positive step in the right direction that you could see an, an opportunity here where a big bank could come in to um, take over. And I think that the crypto part of that bank is rather attractive and probably has a lot of good long-term growth potential opportunities. So it'll be interesting to see if any bank does take advantage of that. But I think that overall, you're having you know this momentum here coming into cryptos because there's a diversification trade that's going on. I think, you know, obviously all this financial strain that's been going on, it's dragged down so many different asset classes. It's dragged down stocks, it's down oil's been, you know, battered. Um, you know, recession fears are elevated because of all this uh, financial sector vulnerabilities that we're seeing. But crypto has been performing rather well, and it looks like it's becoming a, a diversification trade as well. So this is a, a very good development for crypto. And um, I'm glad you had a chance to mention the Ethereum move. Uh, Ethereum is, has uh, been um, working quite some time on the Shanghai hard fork update. This was a long-awaited merge. I think this will allow staked Ethereum withdrawals. This is kind of like the engine of Ethereum. This is important for them to get through this. These merges sometimes take a lot longer. Once this is done, this will open the door for, I think, um, some relief here for Ethereum because this was getting kind of pushed. It seemed like it kept getting pushed back. So that was a definite positive story for Ethereum. They have agreed upon a date next month. So that's definitely good news. Ed, when we spoke last week, I doubt many could have foreseen the trouble to come. So what lies in store for the next week or so, Ed? Next week will be busy, Johnny. It, it, it's uh, it's one of those weeks where we get um, a, a wrath of rate decisions, uh, and there's uh, lots of central bank speak, mostly with the ECB. We're probably going to see is you know traders they have the Wednesday FOMC meeting circled. This is a big meeting. Um, you have a, a wide range of expectations. Um, a lot of people are calling for the Fed to hold given banking turmoil and given what we're seeing with credit conditions, uh, there's a strong argument here that the Fed needs to stop this tightening cycle. Given the inflation worries um, and, and given, you know, we are still seeing some decent signs for the economy, even though everyone knows the restrictive territory is weighing on several companies and uh, especially small business. Um, so we'll see if they end up just delivering one last quarter point rate hike. So one and done appears what they might end up doing. I think the ECB's decision to go ahead and deliver their half point rate hike kind of um, has paved the way for continued tightening going into this fascinating movement that we're seeing with banking contagion risks. I think this is a, a market that um, would not be surprised if the Fed ended up hiking and possibly signaling that they could pause given the outlook. And I think what's what's going to be difficult is, you know, the Fed also has to update their dot plots. And this is, this is where um, we'll see 
where policymakers are anticipating that rate cuts might be needed. Um, so that's that's going to um, be closely watched. So that's Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, we'll, we'll have ECB's Lagarde, Lane, uh, Panetta speak at the ECB and its Watchers Conference. Uh, that'll take place in Frankfurt. ECB's Ren will speak in Brussels on the lessons from the Europe's crisis. We hear from the Bundesbank president. Also on Wednesday, Wednesday is just filled with um, so many speakers. Uh, Rick's Bank governor also will speak at a panel organized by the BIS. Um, so Wednesday is pretty busy. I think uh, it's pretty calm before that. Um, um, you know, there's China, no changes expected with the loan prime rates. Um, you have Canadian CPI on Tuesday. UK Chancellor Hunt does appear at the House of Commons. We're used to that. And China President Xi Jinping is expected to visit uh, Moscow and meet with President Putin. That um, is definitely one of those um, key meetings that we'll wait to see what happens from that. RBA has their minutes on Tuesday, um, but I think uh, for our conversations next week, I think we'll, you know, obviously we'll cover the Fed, but it's a Thursday is, is going to be um, a rather big day for rate decisions. BOE, SNB, Norges, and Turkey um, all have rate decisions. There are expectations that we're still going to get some tightening. Uh, BOE to raise by a quarter point, uh, SNB as well. Uh, Norges most likely will raise rates one more time, and Turkey um, is expected to keep rates on hold. So uh, definitely a, a busy week. We hear from Treasury Secretary Yellen again on Thursday. So she'll be um, testifying on the budget, which probably in the next couple months, you know, budget talks are going to become more of a driver. And uh, I think uh, the, the week finishes up with the flash PMI readings on Friday, which will um, definitely be important. Um, um, so that's for Europe and uh, also in the U.S. So definitely a busy week. So uh, definitely looking forward to covering it with you. Yeah, sounds like you need a good weekend to prepare for that big week and uh, enjoy it. And we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be on. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.